Hey, welcome to episode number 12 on the Cultivated Family Podcast. Next week's guest is going to be sharing what she knows about grief in the body and yoga, grief yoga, and I'm super excited. It's an amazing conversation, so pay attention for that. Today, I just want to share a few things that I learned from from my daughter dying. Um, I had an experience as a teenager that felt like I was broken emotionally. After that experience, I became super sensitive. I couldn't handle any joking, teasing, anything like that. I feel like Justin and I have had many discussions over the years of how come I can't handle his teasing or his joking, or I feel like I took it really personally. Everything felt like an attack on me. Everything felt, um, I, I was very much in this blame everybody, everybody else is doing everything wrong, and I was the victim mode. Um, I felt fragile. I ran from conflict. If a relationship became strained or broken, I just left it instead of trying to fix it, especially if I felt like I was the one who had made a mistake. I didn't want to admit making a mistake. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. I didn't want to talk about the hard things. Probably like many of you, I didn't think it was possible to live if something were to happen to anyone I loved. I had never experienced loss of anyone close to me yet, and I had never experienced deep grief over the death of someone I had loved. And then Arya died, and I had to learn what I was really made of. So this was a catalyst for learning how to face my emotions, lean into my emotions, and taking responsibility for my life in a way that I had never done before. These are lessons I've learned from grief and from Aria, and they have made me into a changed person today. I don't really want to say that I'm stronger, but I do feel stronger emotionally. I obviously would take back Aria in a heartbeat, and I'm sad that I had to say goodbye to her. Um, and I'm also sad that I had to say goodbye to her in order to begin learning these lessons. They're hard lessons to learn, and... I wish I could take her back. I wish it didn't lo mean losing my daughter in order to learn these lessons. So here are a few ways that have changed the way that I view the world and how I try to show up. These are things that have given me emotional strength or, as they say, emotional fitness. I'd like to say that I don't feel like I will shatter at the drop of a hat, that I don't feel like that emotional brokenness that I have felt in the past. I don't know if this is getting older. Does this happen to everybody as they get older? Um, I don't really know. I'm still pretty young, and sometimes the trials in our life teach us lessons that help us gain a different perspective on life. So I learned how to take responsibility for my actions. I learned that I am the only one who I can control I cannot control Justin, my husband. I cannot control my kids. I cannot control the way anybody acts around me or to me. And the only person that I can change or take action from is myself. Um, I'm the only one who can do the work. I'm the only one who can say sorry. And I do not need to wait for others to do it. 
It is so easy for me to slip back into old habits of stewing in anger and ruminating in thoughts of that. It's all the other person's fault. But I have to keep reaching for compassion and trying to understand where the other person is coming from. This is usually with my husband. So now if I'm frustrated with how something is going on, it's up to me to take action to change it. If I'm frustrated with something, I try to usually do something about it. Anger comes up often in grief, and I've learned that this anger is a sense of the loss of control. After you lose your child, your life kind of, that that um, loss of the reality of control. So we feel like we're in control, but when you lose your child, you all of a sudden realize you have or have had no control. And anger is an energy and an emotion that can come from this. And it can easily turn to bitterness and become a normal habit in our lives. Um, I, I highly believe that this anger is normal in grief, but it's also something that if we do not actively work to process it, or if we do not actively work to expend the high energy of anger from our bodies, it can become kind of stuck in our bodies, become a habit and, and give us a really difficult view of life. So the other thing I take responsibility for is how my affection, my actions might have affected someone else. That if I'm having a difficult conversation, um, I want to take responsibility for how my actions hurt them or what my part in the conflict has been. So this does not mean taking responsibility for things that are not mine or I don't need to. But when I truly, truly get honest with myself and look at myself and Instead of trying to ignore or push away the things that maybe I don't want, I don't like about myself, so I don't want to talk about that, or um, even from the other side, taking too much responsibility, um, just setting boundaries and being super honest with yourself. This takes a ton of self reflection, digging deep into who you are, and getting super honest with yourself that what are your strengths, what kind of things are a struggle for you, and Accepting them as a truth in a way that's compassionate rather than beating yourself up instead of, you know, trying to um, not talk about it because we don't like that we're not that way. Just kind of accepting it and being like, hey, you know what? I really struggle with this thing and I want to work to do better instead of like, oh, I'm so stupid because I struggle with this thing. So um, I really learned after Aria died as well of the importance of leaning into negative emotions. We are an overmedicated society. Um, I get really scared to say this because so many people rely on medications and use them daily to function. So before I even start, I want to I wanna say this, that I'm thankful that there are medications out there that help people function. I'm thankful for medications that are necess- that are so necessary in many people's lives. I'm not shaming the use of medication at all, especially if you have made the decision that's something you need, then then you that is your choice and your decision and you don't need to feel shame for it. But I do believe that we jump so quickly to medications ex- over exploring other options. 
that when we go to the doctor, that is all they offer instead of so many other ways that we can support our grief and help ourselves through it. And these can have a lot more lasting ways to help instead of um, medication is kind of the band-aid onto our emotions, trying to kind of numb it and feel like push it down a little bit where other things um, help us process and work through it. So I want to offer this. How have medications become the immediate thing to reach for as soon as something difficult happens in our lives? When we have a hard time coping, it's immediately us reaching for medications. So I say medications, but I also... Um, This doesn't mean it needs to be just medications prescribed by a doctor, but it also can be drinking, drugs, um, eating, anything that numbs and eases the pain for a little bit. When we reach so quickly for numbing with whatever source we use, we are saying that we should not feel a certain way. And when we reach so quickly for numbing, we are saying that we are, what we're experiencing is bad. And I want to say that your experience, your emotions, they are not bad. They are not awful. Yes, they can make some days incredibly difficult, um, but they have a purpose and they're there for a reason. And if we never had difficult days, we wouldn't be able to have amazing days. And so when we numb the pain, we are just pushing the can down the road instead of moving into and through the pain. I've often wondered how many addictions come from not wanting to feel pain and how many addictions come from numbing an emotion or a feeling that feels hard to handle. Then you try to stop, say you're drinking or, you know, using medication or eating and those, then you try to stop um, overdoing that. And those feelings of emotion come back magnified because you haven't been feeling them for a while. You've been numbing them and suppressing them. And then they're they're super big. And then now you don't know how to handle them and you know that you can do something to numb them. So then you go back to numbing. And it's a vicious cycle that is so hard to break. And it's really up to you to decide how you want to face your grief or handle your grief. But I just, I want to talk about this because I know there are ways that we can cope and support our grief in ways that um, aren't this vicious numbing cycle, but where we're feeling the full spectrum of life, the pain and the joy. So I know this pain is incredible and falling into a numbed state would be the easy way to go. But going this route, does not lead to a happy and joyful life. Why? Um, Not only because it's risking becoming addicted to whatever is being used to numb the feelings, but it's also not allowing you to um, be an active griever in your grief and work through your emotions. Instead, it's shoving them under the water like you might try to hold a beach ball under the water. You try to shove it down, shove it down, and, and... After enough pressure builds up, it will eventually pop up. And that's the way grief is that we want to, or it could be anything painful in our life that we're running away from, but it stays underwater and after enough pressure has built up, it will pop out and then we have no control over that. 
So I know from my experience that it's possible to lean into the pain and that by leaning into the pain and experiencing it, it softens and changes. It's super difficult to, uh, to describe, but it changes and it, and it makes life more beautiful, both the so-called hard parts and the easier parts, the joys and the sorrows. So by allowing it to be, you slowly grow and change. And like I shared at the beginning before Aria died, I felt very, very fragile emotionally. And after Aria died, I was even more fragile, but I just leaned into the pain. I did the grief work. I keep doing the grief work. I am not done. I will probably never be done. I think every day I do things to support myself emotionally. And sometimes that is just acknowledging that where I'm at is okay even if it's not fun. So even if I'm in a hard season, that I can be here and it's okay. And while I'm in those hard seasons, I'm also working at ways to support myself and care for myself in this hard season. So now I can say that I feel a lot stronger emotionally and I do not feel like I will shatter over every little thing. Do I want another person to die close to me? No. <laughs> I really, really don't. Um, I used to worry about this a lot. It still can pop into my head too, but I would talk with my therapist of what am I going to do if somebody else dies in my life? And I think that's a question that many of us wonder or think about. And he reminded me that look where you are today when I was still in therapy. Look how far you've made it. Look at where you are. You you have gotten to where you are now and that if it happens again, that you can get through it again in the same way and that you are still here and you're still surviving. Even if it doesn't necessarily feel like you're surviving, you are still here. And so that's the same way now I look at, you know, if something were to happen, I know it's possible that it changes and grows and it can be different. Um, so I guess the point of this is that I want to encourage you not to label emotions as good or bad. And as humans, we are always reaching to want to be 100% happy. And I don't believe, as Brooke Castillo talks about, that we can be happy 100% of the time. Um, if we reach for being happy 50% of the time and let ourselves feel all the other things 50% of the time. It is such a beautiful life in those 50% that we're happy because the other 50% we're not fighting, trying to be happy and can't figure out why we're not happy instead of just when we feel emotion, let ourselves process and let ourselves be and not think that we should be somewhere else that we're not. So there are hard things in life and we need tools to face them and deal with them. And by learning to lean into my pain and taking responsibility for my life and my actions, I have changed in so many ways. Some ways are better than others, but I know that having the skills to learn to face my emotions and have a stronger sense of who I am and who I'm not has helped me become more of who I am today. So 
I want to encourage you to try this out. What can you do to take responsibility for in your life? Instead of blaming everyone else like I have so often in my past, take a look inside of you and see it, it is just, it's amazing to lo- start to learn who you are and look into yourself and what you can change about yourself instead of blaming everybody else. It definitely gives you more of that sense of control over your life. And then what other ways can you face the pain that is in your life um, instead of running from it? It is hard and messy work, but I promise you when you do this work and when you allow it to be, it leads to a beautiful and fulfilling life. So that's all I have for today. Um, Thanks for joining me. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this made sense and... I would love for you to join me next week 